Hi everyone and welcome to the Friday, April 24th installment of the Silicon Insider, the only truly honest and uncensored look at life and business in the Valley. We're again not at our 1949 card table, but at the Malone Bunker in Sunnyvale, at the Egyptian Brass Tray Coffee Table, quarantined and ready to go. My name is Mike Malone and I've been covering this town longer than anybody. I'm here with my co-host, Scott Budman, essential tech reporter for NBC Bay Area. Our producer is Tad Malone, and our host for this podcast is again, the Silicon Valley Business Journal. Now let's get started. Okay, so what are the big stories? Well, we got a little breaking news. By the way, it's good to see you again. Thank you. Even I'm sitting from here. A... You, look, you still look professional. I've got a beard. <laughs> You're very kind. It is good. Uh, I Even from across the room. And uh, please excuse how this sounds because of that, but we're trying to do our part. And yes, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're healthy. You um, too. So just got off a phone call. Uh, Apple and Google updating their contact tracing. Yes. And this is something they were talking about within the last couple of weeks, how they're going to, with opt-in, and, and Facebook is doing this as well. Right. They're stressing if you opt-in and say, I've got symptoms, or you know, it will try to figure out if you've been near by your phone and by your, you know, the way they can track us anyway, if you've been near a hotspot or someone that has COVID-19. Yeah. The idea being, which seems a little early, oh, well, maybe I need to go get tested. Yeah. Which in itself is an issue because we don't have enough tests. Right. But the technology is trying to get ahead. And it's interesting on this call, literally every comment in question was, of course, about what else? Privacy. Yes, the and, surveillance state. Right, and I don't think they did a good enough job when they came out of the gate on this, but they were really taking pains to say, it, you know, it's all opt-in, it's only what you give us. We're not uh, personalizing this in any way, they insist. Okay. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, you know, just to editorialize for a minute, when I'm walking down the street on, on my daily walk, I make sure to go into the street if someone else is on the sidewalk. Right. And I've noticed we, neighbors... We're all doing that. We're all passing wide. Right. You know, we're wearing our masks and we're trying to stay out of grocery stores and certainly out of, I don't know, bars and beaches. And, you know, we're, we're, we're staying If at you home. can get in. Right. Yeah. Um, so the idea of contract, contact tracing, which is not exclusive to Apple and Google, but who else, you know, would, would do this. Right. Um, and, and even Facebook with its, its heat map. In some ways, I'm... I'm a little surprised that people are jumping on board with this so eagerly um, right. because the question would be what happens on the other end of this? Yes. Um, you know, we still take off our shoes at the airports and I get it. All right. But we gave up a lot of privacy post 9-11. Is this going to be another situation where yeah. we get used to the new normal? And this is where companies that have accumulated goodwill are going to get treated better than the ones you don't really trust. For example, I don't trust Facebook. I don't really trust Google. I trust Apple. That's you know? interesting, yeah. And, and, and it's, it's the residue of 20 years of dealing with these folks when they've said something and then it shows up later that they weren't telling the truth. And I'll, I'll bet that a lot of people would echo what you said and it's interesting. Facebook and Google don't trust them. Apple trusts them. Even right. though everybody tracks us. Yes. Your iPhone tracks sure, you. Sure, your car does. Right. And and if Google's going to track you, it's going to do it on an iPhone anyway, which is made by Apple. So they're all kind of in this Yeah, they're together. in bed together. But I understand that Apple has made moves to earn people's trust that the other companies haven't. That's an interesting point. And, and maybe something germane going forward. You know, and frankly, we're going to be facing one exponential threat after another in the years to come. And... We're going to have to put in place exponential systems to do to re respond to it, and this is a perfect example of that. 
using the internet and using cell phones to keep track. I mean, okay, I just feel a little bit jumpy, like I think everybody else does. I agree, and uh, I think the, the test will be, um, now that we know that pretty much every age is susceptible to COVID-19, right. are there ages, as we've learned with social media, are there ages that would give in to this contact track tracing more than others because they're younger and maybe, hey, I'm, I'm used to this, I'm used to giving away my data. Well, the, I mean, but isn't that kind of ironic that young people who pretty unlikely to get it might be willing to be tracked while the 80-year-old, the cranky 80-year-old who's really likely to get it might say, oh, I'm not going to let the, you know, the black helicopters keep an eye on me. Right. And maybe that 80-year-old just needs to stay in the house. But yeah. also, uh, to my earlier point, maybe the young people will say, no, this might have helped. I'm okay with this staying on my phone, even post Yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, we, st we were talking about this, but there are cultural changes that are going to happen. They already are. And we'll see how long, which ones are permanent, which ones disappear you know, a few months after this all ends. It'll be very interesting to see. Okay, uh, earnings. Yeah, we Who's just got well? into it. Netflix, oh my God. First of all, they got, they're up, what, 16 million users right. in the last month? Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, I mean. I'm on Netflix. My family's on Netflix all the time now. But I think oh, between yeah. Netflix and social media, we've discovered our entertainment for lockdown right. and our communication by lockdown. And for young people especially, which is their target audience, you know, they're all over Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and they're really staying together this way because that's an entire peer group, a very social peer group, yes. that uh, really can't hang out anymore. Yeah, and well, and they've always hung out this way. I right. mean, well, you take a 28-year-old, he or she's been doing it since, a baby. Sure. This is their world. This is the ocean they swim in. So most of them, you know, when we were, when I was a kid, you had friends on the block. Now you have friends 30, 40 miles away and they're just as tight because you're in regular contact with them. So this is, this is not a major change in lifestyle from that. Right. And yet, and, and we deal with this in my household with young teens. Yeah. Uh, we've always had a cutoff time of social media because, okay, that's enough of that. Now see people in person, but we, we can't do that. No. So I must admit, and I'm sure I'm not the only one to admit this, we've stopped the cutoff time. Yeah, and there's one you're not going to reel back. <laughs> that's a rule that you're not going to reinforce. Not anytime soon. You set the precedent now. Well, but I look forward, honestly, to the time of saying, oh, that's enough social media, go do it in person. Obviously, we can't do that now. Yeah. But I, I, that's, uh, and, and again, that's a change. That's <laughs> a cultural change in our household. So which companies are doing well right now in the market? Well, Netflix is doing well. We Apple. see the social media. Apple is doing really well. We still have Apple, um, Amazon, and Microsoft as trillion-dollar companies. Google is... Essentially, they're having great quarters, but they're all giving warnings like, oh, we don't right. know what's coming next. Intel's a perfect example. Yeah. Intel came out this week with its earnings and uh, stronger than expected. Yeah. And the first indication was, oh, eyebrows up. Intel's still hanging in there. Then you get the future forecast, right. which is... We have no idea. And isn't that how we got into this in the first place in the stock market with the really big sell-offs because there's so much uncertainty. Right. And Intel, it's important that Intel said this. And I think Apple did a little earlier. We also got IBM this week saying, we really have no idea what we're going to sell and how much we're going to sell it. 
um, or if we're going to sell anything. Has there ever been this much divergence between Wall Street and Main Street? Great Main question. Street America is on its ass. I mean, they are suffering out there. Market's doing fine. You're right, because, and we talked about this earlier, the, uh, the reason the economy is slow is because we slowed it down. Yes, intentionally. It wasn't, right, it wasn't because people stopped buying things or they had to we default on, on their mortgages. Right. Um, we were getting bored telling new good stories <laughs> about the great news going on. Uh, do I miss that boredom now? Oh, boy. But you're right, and so the economy is, is, is I mean, it's not just struggling, it's, it's slowing to a crawl. Because we chose to do that for legitimate health reasons. Yes. So the reason the stock market has rallied recently, I think, is because those who still have money, and that's a minority of people, we're starting yes. to see that wealth divide play yeah. out here. They're able to say, ah, I see some optimism. Yeah. But it may be far away optimism, but it's well, enough to get in and buy some another divide between people that work in the commercial world and people who work for government. Nobody in government has really lost their jobs. You know, this pandemic's kind of an annoyance and an irritant, but they get to work at home and they still get their paychecks. Average Americans, they're home and they're worrying about money. Right. And, and tech workers also are home, working from home and getting yes. their paychecks. And they're not average Americans. I think we're starting right. to realize yeah, that. Yeah, they're, they're working virtually and it's working out for them. Yeah, and so we're starting to see some layoffs in the tech sector. Yeah, because the demand is dipping. Yes. Yeah. And that's where I think the Intel and IBM warnings are going to come into play. You know, if you're a social media company, you're hanging in there. If you're uh, Zoom, and we'll get to them in a minute, you're hanging in there. If you're a video game company, whoa. Whoa, you know, yes. But if you're anything else. My youngest son, who hasn't played a video game in 10 years, <laughs> is 24 years old. Boom, he was playing some game, some old game. He's beaten it six times now in three days. He's so bored. It's sort of like getting together for poker via a video chat. Right. You're now, once again, doing the massive multiplayer games because it's a way to get in touch with your friends. Exactly. Okay, well, let's talk about Zoom. Yeah. Okay, this is... now, here's a company. Uh, has there ever been a roller coaster like this one? Well, yeah, I think Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, top of the world for Zoom, and then all of a sudden the scandal hits because people are Zoom bombing out there and everything else, so you can't trust it. And all of a sudden... We realized, no, people are still using it. They don't care about whatever problem there is. They've got to use it. Exactly. And that's the Facebook investment model on Wall Street. Yeah. Wow, this is a promising company. Let's invest. Whoa, they're ruining democracy. Let's move. Oh, but they're still making a lot of money? All right, we'll move back We're in. We're back in. We yeah. don't care. And okay. somehow, and Zoom is not on that level. I'm, you know. Yeah, but you sent me a great list. End of 2019, 10 million daily users. Right. April 1st, 200 million daily users. April 22nd, that's literally three weeks later, 300 million daily users. They have the population of the United States using Zoom on a daily basis. That is such a run rate. I'd have to go back and check, you know, iPhone run rate or yeah, Windows 95 run rate. That's vertical. Oh, no, right, right. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin, remember, it would have those, that, during those few weeks when it hit like $20,000 a coin, it would have that weird jump where it would double in a week or something. Um, and that was, let's be honest, that was speculative, vapor yeah, that investing. that was a bubble. Uh, Zoom stock, all-time high, as you and I talk right now. Any, I, I used it yesterday. I didn't see any sign of degradation. Their infrastructure seems to be holding up. And that's what I figured would fall first. I didn't yeah. really see this security thing because I didn't. I just didn't see it coming. Yeah. I should have. 
um, they're dealing with that piecemeal. But meanwhile, you're right. I expected more complaints um, and yeah, I it, just haven't seen those. It looks either. good. Yeah. still looks good. Remember when, you know, it wasn't that long ago when, you know, Victoria's Secrets would do their annual show on the internet and crash the web. Right. You know, and <laughs> yes. now we got 300 people talking video calls every single day and it's, and it's not even bending. It's just And it's necessary because it's now how a lot of schools are doing their thing. Oh, yeah. Not to mention, you know, your, uh, what did we talk about? Easter services and Passover seders and things like that. I'm doing merit badges with boys. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So obviously they survived the scandal and they moved quickly. And they rolled out their new 5.0 update, which is apparently, they claim, more secure. Yes. So that's, you know, taking that kind of an added load and coming out with an update, that's pretty impressive on the run. Yeah. Now, another up and down story <clears throat> that we were tracking is Gilead Sciences. Oh, we'll get to that. We're oh, all that right. Later, we got a lot of Gilead. Okay, yeah. okay. Okay, um, real quick, some positive news. You were saying glowing things about the iPhone 12. Well, the SE is what they came out with first. The SE, yes. Yeah. Well, now they got four I, you know, iPhone 12 models, a mix of 4G and 5G, coming out later this year. Well, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but they may bump it a little bit. But it's supposed to be, it's supposed to use uh, MM Wave technology, and it's, boy, it's looking good. Apple's on fire. You know, Apple did this, remember, Apple, people forget this, Apple did this in 2001. They came out with the iPod literally weeks after 9-11. Apple seems to be able to hit those terrible, you know, terrible events occur and Apple rises to the occasion. Well, that's what a billions of dollars in the bank or trillions of dollars will, get, will do for yeah, you. Yeah, but they're not acting like, these companies are not acting like gigantic lumbering dinosaurs right now. They still seem to be nimble. Yes, because they're still working. Yeah. You know, Apple is losing God knows how much money a day by keeping the stores closed and all the responsible things. Yeah. But even that doesn't dent its market cap and it doesn't dent the ability for them to, and I don't know where they're doing this work, maybe right. a secret bunker, who knows, but they're still doing work to build out the phone and come out with things. Again, I think the SE was a brilliant move, a cheap phone right now. But also, of course, you know, Apple I think we were the first to come out and say this. I mean, the whole world, I was on Google News yesterday. Man, the whole world's talking about the SE now as being just the best phone ever in terms of price per value. It was a, a timely phone, a timely release, at so a time when we really didn't expect a release. And this is a company with broken supply chains in Asia, yeah. and they're still doing this. Amazing. Okay, uh, Bill Gates calls this fight against COVID-19 a defining moment of our lifetimes. Let's get metaphysical for a moment. Do you buy that? Yeah. Or is this going to be, you You know, people forget the Spanish influenza pandemic killed, what, 50 million people around the world in 1919, 1920. And if you look at the, even the news and history books and all that, by the early 20s, the, the boom was on, people forgot about it. It was, it almost disappeared down the memory hole as if people psychologically wanted to distance themselves from that terrible, unexpected experience. And I'm curious, 
how we're going to come out of this. So we're just going to put this behind us and keep going real fast and just say, oh, yeah, I remember that. We were, we were all shut down for a month and a half and we all grew beards and couldn't find toilet paper. No, I don't think so. I think we will remember this. Uh, I mean, you know, many of us are old enough to remember 9-11. Right. And that's still with us every time we go to an airport. It's still with us when we are in New York, anywhere near ground zero. It's still with us when we remember the people who died that day and days after. Um, it still changes how we think of firefighters. That, so That was a trauma. Yeah, and this is going to be defining in that we will, for a long time, uh, remember the people who died. It, it won't be just, um, hey, in the past I've lost grandparents to cancer or heart right. disease. This will be something all of a sudden introduced this right. generation we lost, we that we lost, lost people to. Yeah, and uh, I, I must admit, I, I if I glance to a obit, that's what I'm looking for now. Social distancing, will that survive? It uh, may, and that's... Are we going to slowly watch it diminish? So everybody's six feet apart, and all of a sudden they're three, and then they're 18 inches, and we're back to normal again. That and really depends. Everybody's bumping elbows at the movie theater. That depends how long I think this lasts. Yeah. Um, because you and I may be able to get back to whatever it is we were doing because we had so much life experience doing it before. But young people, um, you know... Uh, is it going to be a little weird if they walk into Shoreline Amphitheater and like, whoa, what are all these people doing yeah, they're here? They're sitting there with 20,000 people. Yeah, um, and, and maybe, I mean, you know, a lot of us are having dreams, but not good dreams, of yeah. walking into a bar. Wait a minute, what am I doing here? This is right. weird. And that's going to stick with a lot of us for a while. And that's too bad because I really miss concerts. Yes. And, and you know, and, and I, I well, think... Well, and human contact. Yeah. We need human contact. Right. So maybe we come up with substitutes. We certainly came up, you know, using the web and social networks, we came up with a substitute that we now live with comfortably. Maybe we will. I'm, I'm really very curious about how the sociological implications of all this. Okay, uh, magic leap, augmented reality. I guess it's time hasn't come. No, I don't think it has. And I was wondering, this is a company that pulled in. So it's in. laid off half its staff? Apparently, yeah. And Well, those guys raised like three billion bucks. Right. That was such a big raise. Yeah. And not only did they not go public, like Uber finally did after raising all that money, but they they didn't even go public in a, in a literal sense, not a yeah. stock market sense. Like, we still don't know exactly what they do. still in stealth mode. Yeah, and every once in a while, you'd see a little photo or a short video of, you know, a dinosaur walking through a cafeteria or something. Yeah. But it, it they never really uh, figured out how to get this into the public eye. And I'm not sure... Maybe what a company like that needs. Marketing people, maybe. Yeah, well, and a big backer. I mean, yeah. Instagram became Instagram because of Facebook. And right. another example, Oculus became Oculus because of Facebook. Right. VR is still developing, but we know it's going to be something because it has Facebook but it needs backing. A home. Yeah, AR, we just, you know, Microsoft is doing it. There's, there's some, you know, Apple it's is in there a little bit. It's scary, though, that a revolutionary new technology now has to find a home with a trillion-dollar company to because get rolled out properly. That it can't stand alone after raising $3 billion, go public, embark on a marketing and branding campaign and do all those things. Maybe because revolutionary new technology just requires so much capital well, yeah. and marketing sure. that it can't do it alone. Well, that's a scary kind of prediction for the future. Right. But, okay, maybe revolutionary new technology. I mean, I remember when everybody's business plan in 2000 was... We're going to grow it to $100 million in the last line on their business plan, and then we sell to Google. Yes. And that was not a positive thing for our economy. 
I agree, and it didn't lead to independence. But let's look at it this way. Maybe it's simpler. Maybe this isn't revolutionary new technology. Maybe this is something cool and niche, yeah. but not for you and me, and maybe not even for your sons in their 20s, or my daughters not even in their 20s. Yeah. Whoops, we've missed out on quadrillions of people right there, and niche isn't enough to yeah. value a company with that gets that much funding. Well, and then there's the reality that sometimes something that we think is a product or service is in fact an app. Right. Its fate is to be an app. Right, and that's not going to get you $3 billion back. Yeah, I mean, no. unless that app is Facebook or, you know, Uber. Exactly. But also, yeah, I mean, this this just, what was the other thing? The, well, um, the Segway. That was the revolutionary thing of its time. It got a huge amount of backing. Um, obviously, Segway never went public, and we don't really see them rolling around much anymore. Um, it just wasn't ready for prime time. It wasn't a consumer right. product. And yet we see its technology creeping in yeah. all sorts and of And I think we'll see augmented reality creeping in. Yeah. But, oh, it's going to have to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, we were saying lovely things about Apple, but now we discovered that their, their iPhone mail app has been vulnerable to hackers for at least two years. Now, I think a company, a security company called ZecOps claimed that every iPhone running a version of iOS 6 or newer is vulnerable to remote attacks. Uh, how come Apple didn't see this sooner? And if they did see it sooner, how come they didn't tell us? Yeah, I don't know that they saw it sooner. Um, and, and I, I don't say I mean, that for, to think that they're this honest. For 30 years, Apple's lived on, lived on this rep as being bulletproof to hackers. Right. My guess is, uh, you know, that they just didn't have any attacks. It could be vulnerable. Yeah. And maybe they didn't even see that vulnerability and shame on them. But if, if they had attacks, the world yeah. would know about it. And if they say, hey, this has been there for two years, I want to know how many attacks there were. And we haven't heard anything, any numbers right. at all. So it's, it's just a little early in this game. But good for them. I like when security companies, and I mean ZecOps, good for them. I like when security companies come in, test something, and say, there's yeah. a flaw, and tell the company. And then the well, company see, has to react. The first attack was deleted back in January 2018. Well, obviously, they know at least one attack. I don't know. It's, it seems a little sketchy. I think Apple needs to come out with a lot more information on exactly what this is about and how much damage should be done. Because apparently it allows people, to outsiders, to uh, gain your inbox. Well, look, I think the sentence you said, Apple needs to come out with a lot more information, put a period on that yeah, and apply we'll it to leave everything. Yeah, right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so a coronavirus effect. Uh, Google, remember we were talking about their big, you know, the fact they were going to keep growing in Mountain View? Yes. With this giant deal? Well, they've hit the pause on it. They're still going on in San Jose, but they're claiming coronavirus is forcing them to take a, take a delay on the Mountain View development. This makes sense, and this is what Google does um, instead of saying we're laying off you know, a bunch of people. Yeah. And if that means they can keep people at work and with healthcare right. and all that stuff and benefits, good. I don't need to see any more Google buildings for a little while. Yeah. Um, and they're also, you know, we, we read this in the Business Journal, they're, they're cutting their marketing budget. Yeah. Um, and that also makes sense. It hurts those of us in the media. Right. Um, because the first thing to go for a lot of these companies is their marketing budget, which means less advertising. Yes, which um, means less media. Money. Right. And that's that's a personal <laughs> <laughs> But uh, But yeah. that's what is done to try to save jobs. Um, and, and I understand it. But at the same time, there's ripple effects. The media gets hurt. If Google isn't building, construction workers don't have jobs. Right. So this whole thing is... Part and parcel of an economy grinding to a halt. Well, I'm curious. Uh, Mountain View was going to be moving all of the highways right there, Steerland Road and all of that. They were going to 
create new exits off of 101 and everything else in preparation for this Google expansion. I wonder if the city's put that on hold too. We haven't heard yet. I wouldn't be surprised. And maybe they're, uh, you know, when we came out of the depression, it was it was highway construction and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe Hoover this is Dam. how we'll get things going yeah. in the Silicon Valley in the future. We're it won't all going to be out there pouring right. Hoover Dam again. With <laughs> It'll be concrete. Mixing concrete, yeah. <laughs> all right, do you want to do winners and losers? Well, I want to do... I had one item just I just okay. discovered. Oh. This week, we have an anniversary. This is the 15th anniversary of the first YouTube video upload. Ah, I remember that first. April 23rd, 2003. 2005. Sorry, 2005. All right. YouTube co-founder Karim uh, uh, posted an 18-second video entitled... Me at the zoo. I remember me at the zoo. Yeah, it's had 90 million views. I think Taylor Swift gets that many in about three seconds. Uh, and the first words are, all right, so here we are in front of the elephants. Do you remember when Google... Maybe a good teacher. Here we are yep. in front of the elephants. Remember when Google was talking about buying YouTube and everyone thought, what a bad idea. Oh, yeah. Um <laughs> That's why Google is Google and we're not. And it, it shades later when Facebook was going to buy Instagram. A billion dollars. Whoa, that's too much money. No, it turned no. out to be a great, you know. Yeah, uh, YouTube has changed everything. Uh, I tell you, though, I kind of like the old YouTube where I don't listen to some song and halfway through they cut to the commercial. <laughs> you know, this is what YouTube was supposed to get us away from. Right. You know? Well, uh, it would have, but for the being bought by a gigantic company. Yes, exactly. Revenue. Okay, your winner. My winner of the week is Snapchat. Back from the dead. It yeah. had a tremendous week. It came out with earnings, blew the doors off, new users. Uh, it's also looking forward. It's like with... teenagers are discovering their adolescence again. Yeah. I mean, we, we are turning back the clock a bit, and, and Snapchat is hot again because it's the only way to get going in, our, in my own house. Yeah. What's the entertainment? Netflix. Okay, we talked about them. Right. But all of a sudden, I'm hearing from my daughters, uh, Snapchat is all I have to reach my friends. And this is an age group that is really into their peer group, of course. It's very social, and this is how they socialize. Snapchat has seen a bounce back really quickly in the month or so that we've been in lockdown. God, for today's 20-year-olds, using Snapchat again must be like using a candlestick I phone. I know. And and for all of the changes that it's made and Instagram's copied and back <laughs> yeah. and forth and whatever, it's it's still, you know, we thought it was going to sort of go away. And instead, stock jumps like 20, 25% in a day. The user number is up. And I don't know if it'll last, but boy, I did it have a good it week. Won't. I, this is one I don't, I think they should just take their money Put it in their pocket and run. Or try to get someone to buy it. Yeah, they got lucky. Okay, yeah. your loser. My loser was oil. Ugh. What a week for oil. Historically bad. I, I've had this illusion of maybe getting my pickup truck, driving up to the refinery up there in the East Bay Carquinas Bridge, and having them pay me to take a, a barrel of oil off their hands. Right. And the interesting thing it's is... It's a negative price. Right. It literally has... There was so much oil because we haven't been using it, not to mention that whole price war thing between the Saudis and right. the OPEC nations and Russia. Doubled all that, and we're not driving, and now you've got barrels that people have to pay someone to take off their hands. Yes. Which is crazy and interesting. And uh, now it has turned around. You know, the new good contracts for us, came good out. For us, was still using internal combustion engines, unlike you. <laughs> well, look, if you're if you're helping the environment, you're helping the environment. And I think you know uh, that that line about 
being ambivalent, the funeral, funeral director who hears about a plane crash nearby and he's ambivalent because he feels bad for the victims, right. but he knows business is going to be good. That's kind of how I feel because I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I have a farm in Oklahoma. No, okay. A land rush farm for my grand, great-grandfather inherited. It has oil wells on it. Oh, my. This has been the greatest time to have an oil well, you know, to get your monthly check. So when gas prices go down, I'm happy as hell when I'm driving around. But at the end of the month, when I'm getting that oil check, I'm pretty sad. There's tears in my eyes. Somebody's drinking your milkshake now. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Who's your winner? Okay. My winner is a new technology. I hadn't even heard about this technology until this week. It's been around for three years. It's called LoRa. LoRa. L-O-R-A, stands for long range. And it was designed by a company called, uh, well, it's owned by a company. It was designed in France, owned by a company called Semtech. And it's a super low power consumption, wide area network with like a five mile range. Well, what it offers is, and I was looking at the applications from it, because it uses free, uh, license free frequencies. They're doing things like, tracking reindeer because you can put it's on a chip now there's a company here in town um called uh well i'll get to them later uh, but they have a little they make a little chip and you can put it on an animal you can put it on cars you can put it everywhere and be able to communicate with all those know where everything is within five miles they're looking at it for schools for example, if there's an emergency on campus, they can notify every single student in the school from their uh, uh, student card and says, take cover. They can actually do a little printout. They can make it, it's very, very simple, very, very crude, but it reminds me of Twitter in the sense that it's constrained in its abilities, but within that constraint, it's hugely powerful. And they're talking about now, what do we just have? We have an emergency where we have people in hospitals, in tents, and where we can't, we're trying to keep track of where the respirators, where the medical personnel, where the patients. This thing is rolled out in just three years, it's being used all over the world. Now it's getting used here. This is, this is a, a glimpse of companies to come that are going to um, use these kinds of things for these new exponential emergencies. This is a, exponential is my new term. I mean, it, it seems to be capturing what's going on right now. Still sounds like an episode of Black Mirror to me. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, my loser, Gilead. Those poor guys. I mean, remember we were talking last week, we said this is an enormous amount of pressure. The world is depending upon these guys. And then our old friends, the World Health Organization, screws up and leaks a preliminary study done in China, which the Chinese government shut down. Right. But until that point, uh, their vaccine looked like it might not be working. Now, Gilead's come out and said, you know, hold on, you know, there's a lot more data and that was incomplete and all that. But boy, talk about getting hit with a torpedo right at, their, at the moment they're in their greatest glory. I just think it's so early for anything like this yeah. that we shouldn't be jumping to conclusions and maybe we shouldn't have jumped on that bandwagon so much. And by we, I mean other people who actually bought the stock. This is what biotech does all the time. It rises and falls on what doesn't exist yet.
Yeah. You know. Well, and, you know, for years, doctors have been saying we may never find a vaccination for any kind of coronavirus. We don't have it for the common cold, which is a coronavirus. And all of a sudden, it was like this miracle occurred. And I, I, I fear that we're too open to miracles right now. I agree. We've got to have a much more jaundiced view about these things. So, okay. All right. That's it for now, folks. You can follow Scott on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, watch him every weeknight at 5, 6, and 11 on NBC Bay Area. As for our producer, you can find Tad's work these days on Instagram. And you can find us now, along with Tad's blog, on the Silicon Valley Business Journal homepage, as well as on Spotify and Patreon. See you next week. Break out the rubbing alcohol and take a nice walk in the park under the hot sun. See you soon. (laughs) 